now I'm going to finish up my thinking. I had something to do with Clubhouse. I'm going to get back. Six Ground Rules for Casual Sex by Rachel Pace, expert blogger, March 19, 2020. If you're thinking of bringing casual sex into your life, there are some important ground rules you should know before you do. Many fine hookups with no strings attached to be a satisfying and delightful encounter. Uh, just two people or more than two people sharing their bodies for a night or a day or multiple nights or multiple days of mutual pleasure. But can it casual sex ever really be casual again? For me, yes. For people like me, yes. It's difficult to push emotions aside when you're sharing the most intimate act or intimate acts with someone else and or others. Casual sex has become the norm for a lot of millennials and Gen Zs, but just like the 1960s, Gen Xs before them learned friends with benefits uh, rarely works. Actually, friends with benefits does not rarely work. Friends with benefits works. It just depends on the person. So let's take the word rarely out in this context, shall we? Here are six ground rules for casual sex and ultimate reasons why no matter how hard you try, it rarely works out. Again, we're gonna take out the word rarely and say it works out if you truly are a casual sex kind of person, 100% like I am, okay? All right, let's not be judgy here. One, set ground rules. If you want to come out of a casual sex arrangement without getting your feelings involved, you need to set some ground rules with you need to set some ground rules with your partner. For example, talking and texting should remain short and sweet. Don't cuddle or spend time together after the sexual encounter. This is what this is what uh, life partners do, not who are hooking up. Find someone you're comfortable with, even though you shouldn't be sleeping with someone close. You should be able to communicate and feel comfortable with your sexual partner. Y'all can be close, just not romantically close. And y'all can cuddle or spend time together if you want to. Just keep it professional you know hey here are the rules we abide by them don't associate on social media seeing pictures and updates of what your hookup is up to throughout the week can start to make you feel involved in their lives you can see pictures updates be associated on social media if you want to just make sure it doesn't get serious that's all but if you don't want to associate social media that's cool too uh, this will help you at the most satisfying kind of possible. you still be able to communicate and feel comfortable with your partner. That's, that's fine. Two, practice safe sex. Practice safe sex always, even if you're with a partner who's on birth control, use a condom, get informed. Condoms don't protect you against such things as HPV or herpes, so don't be afraid to ask smart questions about what protection they use and when they were last tested. Well, condoms are mostly protecting, mostly. You don't know where your partner has been and they don't know where you've been to let your satisfying encounter be the biggest regret of your life. Just, I don't, some of the writing is off-putting to me. Just don't live in fear. Don't be stupid. There you go. Three, be respectful. Remember, this is a casual sex arrangement at your personal sex toy. You must show respect for the person's personal sexual boundaries. They're not into the same kink that you are. Move on, do something else together, or just have an entirely different partner. It happens. Even though you're not in a relationship, try to focus on your partner's pleasure. Studies show that women are more likely to orgasm with a loving partner hookup encounter. Personally, this is what I say. It's not about being loving. I would say more likely to orgasm with a respectful partner than a encounter that has no respect. 
sometimes I have to correct the writing of writers because it needs to be fine-tuned because it needs to be more inclusionary, more belonging. This is because a partner is more interested in showing her pleasure. She feels more comfortable with them and there's open communication. Now that writing is good. That's good. Um, knowing this, don't write her orgasm off. Let her know you're there to get her off no matter how long it takes. Um, remember, we have to include all gender pronouns. We have to have gender pronouns belong, all of them. And we have to have LGBTQA plus community belong and not just included. Practice fun foreplay and do whatever it takes to give them an enjoyable experience. If you want to avoid catching feelings during a hookup, it's best to part with directly after the encounter. Well, I disagree. Um, you can have hookups and not catch feelings, but it's not about living in fear if you're a person lying to yourself and to others. For example, you can have a sexual hookup if you can 100% put it where it belongs. If you can't, just don't have casual sex, period. Don't fucking in, oh, I'm in love with you, I'm going to go. No. If you know that you have that in you, don't hook up. Just do the committed the whole time. Just don't lie. Be honest, okay? Don't do something outside of yourself. Don't be unnatural to yourself, right? But be respectful. It's 4 a.m. That's probably not the nicest time to send your bedmate packing. Well, that's actually not true because some people have sex at all times of the day and they send their bedmates or packing anytime, but not that, but just don't be disrespectful about it. And why do we assume that sex is always in the bed? You do have other settings too. Basically, it's talking about get tested. We already know what that means. Motions on hold. Casual sex does work. Casual sex is good for some people and other people. We know how that is. Uh, hookups can be meaningful. Um, sex heightens, you know, it can be a trust builder. It can build all kinds of intimacy. You know, I, some of the writing is very judgy and I don't like it. Casual sex does work, okay? Um, that's somebody's opinion, but, you know, Many people are wired to um, not catch feelings. That doesn't mean you don't have compassionate feelings for the person. It just means that I don't have marital or committed relationship feelings. So oftentimes when we say feelings, it's very vague. So you can have compassionate feelings, kind feelings for a person. And at the same time, you don't have romantic, serious relationship feelings for the person. And that's okay. So sometimes I have to shorten the writing because a lot of the writing I may not like and that's okay. Okay. Um, 
five tenets for sexually satisfying relationships. This is very simple. Very simple. I'll actually read all this because I think the writing is good. Five tenets of sexually satisfying relationships, right? Sex is a priority. Basically, this sometimes the writings I can shorten it up because they may oversay it or not say it the way it should be said properly. But basically, sex is a priority. Um, plan them out. Put all the effort into it. It's not weird to plan sex at all. It's very normal. Make sure there's a capacity to want it equally. And uh, enjoy the spontaneity. Sometimes that happens. Spontaneous sex does happen. You know, it's not about being abrupt, you know, because sometimes abrupt sex happens too. But just basically, when you have to plan it, make sure it's in 100% alignment with each other's chemistry, whether that's schedule chemistry or temperament chemistry or agreement on thoughts on sex chemistry. Okay, so sex is a priority, very simple. Talk about it respectfully, playfully, sensually, and electrifyingly. Okay, number three. Laugh. Hey, sex can be funny. Um, it can really be hilarious. And uh, perfection is beauty. You know, I'll just read the whole thing. Five Tenets of Sexually Satisfying Relationships by Sylvia Smith, expert blogger, January 15, 2021. We all love sex, but we tend to put it on hold because of our busy routine and hectic schedules. However, this is not something healthy or advisable. Putting sex on the back burner is one of the first steps which leads towards bitterness, lack of passion in relationship. Regardless of how long you have been together, a year, three years, or 10 years, sex should always be there because it keeps the love, compassionate love, and romantic love and relationship alive. The main aim of this article is to help you build a sexually satisfying relationship with your partner. In order to do that, we have listed five tenets of sexually transsexual <laughs> Slow down, Antonio. The main aim of this article is to help you build a sexually satisfying relationship with your partner. In order to do that, we have listed five tenets of sexually satisfying relationships. Let's find them out. One, sex is a priority. Sex is a necessity. It is true everyone needs it, and there's no denying that, so make sure your partner is getting enough of it. Relationships are always so much better with sex. Real quick, asexuality is beautiful. Celibacy is beautiful, and I do not want to disrespect any community. Okay. Make sure you're taking out time for it. It may sound weird to plan sex because the abruptness and spontaneous of it are what makes it fun. With a busy life, it is good to plan your sexual encounters rather than not having them at all. When your partner sees how much you want it, sees the effort you're willing to put, it is definitely a turn on, so do it. Two, talk about it. It's essential to talk about sex with your partner. This is what adds the fun element to your relationship. You should feel safe talking about all your sexual fantasies and to tell your partner what gives you pleasure. Talking about all this would infuse the missing passion and bring in so much heat to your sex life. If you want to strengthen your relationship, start talking about sex now. 
Uh, three, bring in some laughter. Laughing uncontrollably with your partner could be the best feeling in the world. It shows how stupid and silly to be with each other, and that tells how great of a bond you both share. Having some inside jokes along with some dirty talks is amazing for a relationship because it instigates the release of endorphins, and, get, and it gives you a satisfying feeling of being happy with your partner. Four, feel every bit of it. Sexually satisfied relationships are not the ones based on the very process of sexual intercourse, but, but there are a lot of other things, too. For instance, you both should enjoy the suspense and expectancy of sex, kissing each other, sharing some naughty pictures while the other one is at work, all adds to the expectancy of sex. It is essential to spice things up a bit because this will definitely heat up the sexual desires and urges between the two of you. Five, imperfection is beauty. This last one. It is impossible to satisfy your partner every single time, except if you are a sex guru or superhero. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself. Just be confident, let things go in the flow. Being too careful and cautious make things artificial and boring, so just be yourself. Mishaps are absolutely okay. However, is the weird moan or the fun expression because it will only bring you closer. You can laugh about it later and make an inside joke, but at that very moment, try to loosen up a little and relax. Bring back the spark that bring back the spark at your relationship. That's your relationship. These five tenets for a sexually satisfying relationship may seem like nothing and a sheer time of waste, but trust us, they are not. Every couple aims to have a long content satisfying relationship should incorporate these tenets into their daily lives because they will totally change you and your partner. It will bring back the spark that your relationship was missing and bring you both closer than ever. Both emotionally and physically, take out time for each other. Communicate about your sexual needs and you'll see for yourself how the dynamics of your relationship take a turn. We hope this works for you. Good luck, right? Okay. Hmm. Oh, this is very quick. How to talk when you're casual dating. Um. Basically, every word in that article that I just read to you, I live by personally in my sex life. Now I can go on. How to Talk When You're Casually Dating by Rachel Pace, expert blogger, April 20, 2020. Casual dating can be synonymous with casual fun, and although people often think of it as the same with casual sex, things don't escalate that fast in the first moments that you meet each other. Yes, it can come to that eventually, but dating someone, even if it's casual, nothing serious or similar to a ritual, we all know that every ritual has its rules. The key to any relationship, either casual or stable, is to know how to talk to your partner and to seduce them with your native cleverness of understanding and conversing. Most of the time that we spend with our casual dating partners are talking. There we go. Sometimes it might happen that we end up stuck in a dubious topic or launch a sensitive subject during the small talks that we have with our partners and are embarrassed that we cannot advance the conversation any further. It doesn't mean that it has to be the end of the nice chat that you're previously engaged in and enjoying. We compile the best conversational tips for casual dating talks, like listening, encouraging other useful advices that you can easily build practical skills on and how when to best apply them for maximum efficiency. Encourage your partner. If you get stuck in a topic and run out of ideas, try to encourage another person to talk about more about themselves. People love talking about themselves, and that's the subject they are best familiar with. Start asking questions. And remember, always be generally interested in your partners and what they have to say. 
listen to be a good conversationalist means to be a good listener this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to move outward towards the outskirts of the conversation isolate yourself from the other you still need to actively engage in the conversation at hand become genuinely interested in what your partner has to say and ascertain what the other speaker is saying by being attentive during the conversation nodding or smiling and providing good comments on the message your partner tries to convey to you some people choose casual dating sometimes just to have someone that listens to them very creative with what you have always have interesting topics at hand for conversation starters try to stay informed with the news entertainment or latest trends so you always have something neat to start with and add to your conversation learn the rhythm it's just like music and it's imperative that you need to know when to pause and wait in the talk if you start monopolizing the conversation and get too carried away, then the talk will begin to look more like an interrogation rather than a friendly chat. And your opposing partner will get annoyed and eventually abandon it. This goes vice versa. Monopolize the chat only when someone puts you in that position by showing a keen interest in you. Use your body language. It is well known that 55% of our communication is expressed non-verbally through non-verbal cues, facial expressions, or posture changes. Most of the information we try to convey comes unconsciously, it's accompanied by speech through these flowing elements, but we can also learn to express them consciously. Nothing will ever get better without practice. You'll often find yourself in critical points where the small talk will begin to take a monotonous direction. You will be forced to lighten up the, the situation. That is if you don't want to lose the chat. No matter where you are, in the elevator at work, greeting your fellow colleagues at home with your spouse at the cash or at your local market, you can use all the above methods we listen in, a situ in any situation and brighten up the air with conversational penache. Penanch. Penach. Or panic with conversational panic. Okay. You'll begin to find conversational gems, pieces of information that could present genuine value for you thrown in the most casual conversations. And you'll be surprised that you also will throw these gems out for others. We can learn so much more, have nicer, more prosperous and enriched relationships if we only encourage listening, dance more in the rhythm of the words that we share with each other in our day-to-day -day lives. So uh, I live by the wisdom of every article word written in this particular article because I am a casual dater. I do casual relationships. Trying to make sure I get simple to the point. I think that I'm going to See if I can keep on. Well, I'm actually kind of tired right now. I think I'm gonna stop for today and just relax. I did enough. Hello, everyone. I wanted to be able to get healthy sexuality expressed some more. My goal originally was to have a one month break from this topic, but I think I will when it comes to this one for sure, because I, I know for certain I got out all of my personal healthy sexuality divulge to you all so now if I talk about it it won't be so long like it used to be 
um, I can say that throughout the years I've been healing sexually, I always will be, um, but I know enough of myself, uh, sexually speaking, healthily speaking, that I have full clarity of the sexual decisions I should and should not make. And I'm glad that I have also the full discernment. So let me begin. What is healthy sexuality? This is written by Marjorie McAtee. Spoiler alert. Expressing healthy sexuality may require deep, may require, again, Expressing healthy sexuality may require a deep level of trust between partners. One more time. Expressing healthy sexuality may require a deep level of trust between partners. As you know, as a podcaster, there are times where it's hard not to innocently trip over words. So that's sometimes I repeat myself for that. And other times I repeat myself because I am truly and all of the points being made. Okay, this is infobloom.com. Again, what is healthy sexuality? Written by Marjorie McAtee. Healthy sexuality is often defined as the ability to take delight in and feel empowered by one's sexual feelings and interactions. Many experts in healthy sexuality believe sexual activity isn't limited to the activities that can occur before, during, or after sexual intercourse. Instead, they believe that sexual activity can encompass all activities that help to build an intimate relationship where trust, respect, and affection are shared. Healthy sex allows both partners to feel that they are freely consenting to any sexual interaction that may take place and that each partner enjoys an equal measure of personal empowerment in the situation. Now, let me reword it so the casual community can know that we belong. Healthy sex allows all partners involved to feel that they are freely consenting to any sexual interaction that may take place and that each and every partner involved enjoys an equal measure of personal empowerment in the situation and or situations. Both partners and all partners involved actually should ideally enjoy mutual trust and respect in that all partners involved should feel safe emotionally and physically during the sexual interaction and or sexual interactions. I must say that there should be the certs model being honored before, during, and after the sexual expression and the sexual expressions. There should be consent, equality, respect, trust, safety. One more time, consent, equality, respect, trust, safety. And you must engage in safe sexual practices. Honest communication is necessary to help all the partners involved maintain a sense of safety and comfort as it pertains to sexual contact and or sexual contacts. Many experts believe expressing healthy sexuality requires a deep level of trust, commitment, and communication between sexual partners. They often stress the building of 
mutually respectful and comfortable relationships before sexual contact and or sexual contacts can be considered healthy. Even after boundaries of physical intimacy have been passed in a relationship and our relationships, most experts recommend ongoing honest communications to help all the partners involved maintain a sense of safety and comfort within sexual contact and or sexual contacts. Some kinds of sexual expression are considered unhealthy. Any sexual contact in which one partner and or more than one partner fears dangerous or unpleasant consequences could be considered unhealthy. These consequences could be physical, such as unplanned pregnancy or sexually transmitted disease or sexually transmitted infection, or they could be emotional, such as the fear of betrayal. Persons who are forced into sexual activity often suffer severe emotional damage in the aftermath. The expression of healthy sexuality generally requires that all the partners involved feel safe. Healthy sexuality is generally considered a means of expressing romantic love and affection. That is if you're in a committed relationship for the casual folks, us. Healthy sexuality is generally considered a means of expressing peacefulness and neighborliness. Other unhealthy ideas about sex could include ideas that sex is shameful, wrong, or dirty. Experts typically believe that healthy sexuality depends largely on the belief that sexual feelings and needs are normal, natural, healthy, and even empowering. Healthy sexuality is generally considered a means of expressing love and affection if you're in a committed relationship. Now, let me repeat again for us casual people. Healthy sexuality is generally considered a means of expressing peacefulness and neighborliness. Experts believe that healthy sexual expression can help support self-esteem, individual boundaries, and ethical values. Couples with a healthy sexuality are typically more affectionate and I dare say that casual people with a healthy sexuality are typically more into, it's okay if it doesn't work out the way we planned, even though we did the best we could. We felt one way, then we recognized that there are other thoughts that came into our minds and we're more accepting of it not being a serious relationship. Abusive sexual behavior is another type of unhealthy sexuality. It is often classified as sexual behavior tended to control or harm another. Healthy sexuality, by contrast, typically allows all the partners involved to give or withdraw consent to any sexual activities before or after sexual interaction and or sexual interactions has begun or you know, allowing all the partners involved to give or draw consent to any sexual activity. I am a person of healthy sexuality. I like to be simple. As the folk, old folks say, I make it plain. Now let's talk about rough sex. This is health.com by Mia Cross, March 10, 2021, this year. 
Rough sex, what it is, why some people enjoy it, how to do it safely, everything you've ever wanted to know according to experts. Lots of sex-related activities and habits are controversial, including rough sex, but not everybody wants it slow and sensual all the time. To be honest, I do not want it slow and sensual all the time. I like slow and sensual sometimes, but not all the time, personally me. And what's commonly referred to as quote unquote rough sex can include a whole range of things depending on your particular turn ons. What rough sex means. When folks talk about rough sex, they usually mean that there's an element of pain involved, that there's an invocation of their carnal sexual energy, and that there's an expectation of something happening that might be out of ordinary. Marla Renee Stewart, sexologist for Lover's Sexual Wellness brand and retailer, tells Health. Basically, if you want to rough it up, it's about how you do things, not necessarily what you do. You could do pretty much any erotic activity sweetly, slowly, and sensuously, or fast, hard, and rough. Okay, I said this is Barbara Corrales, American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists, AASECT Certified Sex Educator, and ACS Certified Sexologist Tells Health. Okay, let's stop right there. Sometimes when it comes to my erotic activities, I am sweetly, slowly, and sensuously doing them. And other times in my erotic activities, I am fast, hard, and rough. I had to plug myself in. Sexual activities and positions on the rough end of the spectrum might include role play. I personally do that. Restraint, I personally do that. Biting, I personally do that. Nail digging, I personally do that. Heart thrusting intercourse, I personally do that. Vigorous blowjobs, I personally enjoyably receive that. I'm also gonna add vigorous deep throating. I personally enjoyably receive that. Vigorous cunnilingus, I personally enjoy doing that. Vigorous analingus, I personally enjoy doing that, or kissing, I personally enjoy doing that, tongue kissing, fridge kissing, making out, heavy petting, I personally do all the above, and anything intense that you can do with your hands, such as slapping, I, I do that, hair pulling, I do that, punching, I do that, grabbing, I do that, pushing, I do that, Rip and ripping off clothing, I do that. Spanking, I do that. Ass slapping, I do that, says Corellis. BDSM, short for bondage, dominance, sadism, and masochism, also falls under the rough sex category. BDSM, I personally do that. So does any kind of sex that involves some level of danger, risk, or aggression even if it's not physical aggression and more about aggressive language, such as giving or following commands. Um, I give commands and I follow commands and there is physical aggression personally in my life when it comes to sex and there's aggressive language personally in my life when it comes to sex. And we engage in dirty talk, flirty talk, romantic talk, and porn 
talk. And everything I'm saying are all mutually satisfying. Let's put it that way. All right, so let me keep on going. I will let the suspense not kill any of us. When rough sex crosses the line, it's important to differentiate between rough sex and sexual assault because there is an overlap. The key differences are consent and pleasure. Sexual assault is never consensual, but rough sex always is, Corella explains. And while rough sex is always pleasure-centered, sexual assault is never about pleasure. I want to add something. My sex life is always person-centered, number one, pleasure-centered, number two. Sexual assault is never person-centered. And that is why sexual assault is never pleasure-centered. Okay, so again, all the sex that I have, my sex life, person-centered, number one, pleasure-centered, number two. I am soul over body when it comes to my sex life. I value the person's soul that's why I'm able to value the person's body, which I do. Um, because I casually, I'm gonna say person's bodies to number one, person's souls. All right. The fine line between the two means rough sex is a carefully negotiated power exchange, taking into account both what the receiver would be excited about and what the giver is eager to give, says Corellis. You can't just agree to punch someone, for example, without knowing the safe place on the body to hit and how to do it without inflicting injury. She's right. All the rough sex I have, there's no injury afflicting at all. Likewise, if you're doing edgy role play, you need to know if your partner has any past trauma or anything being role played and being prepared to deal with emotional triggers if they happen. That is true. I have healed the trauma so indescribably, which is beyond pleasant. I can say that for certain that I do edgy role play and rough sex, not because of what happened to me as a child, but because with or without the sexual trauma, I'm naturally into edgy role play and rough sex. I am me and I'm all things me with or without sexual trauma of any kind and trauma of any kind too. Even if there's no trauma in your past, it's a good idea to have these conversations, Stewart says. You don't want to become traumatized during a sexual encounter, she explains. Shaw suggests that her clients talk about it outside the bedroom and in the bedroom too. And by the way, my only... My sexual settings are bedroom and outside the bedroom, case in point. And if you're super shy, saying something like, I have a friend who's willing to rough sex, what do you think about rough sex? Have you ever wanted to try it before? 
that way you can get a feel about what your partner might or might not like. And then you can go into what constitutes rough sex for all the partners involved. It takes out the guesswork, Stuart explains. How to try rough sex safely. If you're a newbie to rough sex, Stuart says scratching and biting are great starters. By the way, I'm a person of scratching. I like scratching personally. Okay, let me focus on what is being said. If you're newbie to rough sex, Stuart says scratching and biting are great starters. Most folks are familiar as to what a scratch feels like and light biting can be a step up from there, she says. You can always increase how hard you scratch and how hard you bite down according to your partner's wants and needs. Although ads and movies are filled with depictions of rough sex, it is still considered edgy or off limits. So it's easy to feel weird about expressing your desires for it. Just remember, if you're into rough sex or the idea of it, what you want is not perverted or wrong. Lots of other people want it too. Try not to judge yourself. Don't apologize for naming your desires. And don't assume your lover will think you're crazy and reject you. And don't assume your lovers will think you're crazy and reject you, Corella says. She recommends starting with something you've already done and enjoyed, like being held down during sex. Personally, I like being held down during sex. Having your hair pulled while giving a blowjob. I grow when I I do have enough hair where it can be pulled while I'm getting low job and I enjoy that so so much. I enjoy receiving that so so much tip. After that, it's simply a case of letting your imagination take over. Ask yourself what might come before or after that. What else sounds hot? If you're shy or just aren't sure what you'd like, Corella suggests reading some erotica for inspiration and sharing the best story with your lover and their lovers with the parts that you find really hot underlined or find images of what you want to try and text them to your partner and their partners. If you like to do something but aren't sure, if you like to do something but aren't sure you know how to do it safely, Corella, Corellis recommends reaching out to BDSM support groups either online or in person to find someone willing to show you how to do it correctly and safely. I do rough sex and BDSM and kinky sex and freaky sex and porn sex and sensual sex, romantic sex, <laughs> energetic sex, primal animalistic sex, intimate sex, all kinds of sex I do are correctly and safely done verbally and non-verbally. Lots of people love rough sex, I'm one of them, and power exchange, I'm one of them too, and will be thrilled to help you have as much fun as they are having, she says, me, that, that's, that's definitely me. So I'm so straight, I'm so direct to the point, okay. Okay, eight hot tips for couples to have incredibly romantic sex by Sylvia Smith, expert blogger. This is approved by Angela Welch, LMFT, June 15, 2021 is when it was updated, marriage.com. 
you and your partner have great sex. You know exactly how to please one another and you've definitely shared some hot experiences. But steamy sex isn't always about reaching an orgasm. Sometimes the best sex is the kind where you connect with your spouse on an emotional level. Romantic sex is fantastic. It's all about foreplay, building anticipation and connecting emotionally. Um, I enjoy the romantic sex that I have. I love foreplay, I love building anticipation and I enjoy uh, emotional connections. Everyone loves being romance every once in a while. That's true for me. That's why we're showing you eight of the best sex tips for how to add a little romance into the bedroom and outside the bedroom because romantic sex happens outside the bedroom. And that's true for me in the bedroom and outside of it. Let me keep going. One, build your emotional connection. Having romantic sex with your partner is all about being vulnerable with each other. It's about using sex as a way to connect on a deeper level. It's an expression of love instead of solely a way to climax. Well, you know, it's a way for me to climax because I'm casual. I, the love I express is compassionate love. Emotional intimacy and sex work in a circular motion. Again, emotional intimacy and sex work in a circular motion. Studies show that sexual satisfaction predicted heightened emotional intimacy in couples. So the better sex you're having, the closer your emotional connection will be. That's true for me, even in my ethical non-monogamy, which I'll explain later. Similarly, the closer your emotional connection, the more amazing sex you'll have, it's a win-win. The best way to build up your emotional connection is by spending quality time together. Do things you enjoy, take up new hobbies and practice a regular date night each week. Two, set the mood. If you want to have romantic sex, you need to set the mood. After all, it's hard to focus on making love with your partner while your phones are blowing up, the TV's on in the background, or you have limited time to get down to business. Create a romantic atmosphere by dimming the lights, putting on some soft music and lighting some candles. Kiss and build sexual anticipation by flirting throughout the day. Make it a date. Romantic sex is best had when you have the proper time to devote to your spouse and their non-spouse. Hey, did you just order takeout? Are your friends coming over in a bit? Have to leave for work soon? Nothing ruins romance quite like being on a timer. This is how I feel personally. Um, I, do create, I do set the mood. I love creating romantic atmospheres. I, I dim the lights. I do put on soft music. I do like candles, I kiss, I make it a date, and I build sexual anticipation. I am flirtatious, I, I'm good flirtatious, and I'm good flirting throughout the day. Three, practice, excuse me, three, practice romantic foreplay. One of the best sex tips on how to make sex more romantic is to practice foreplay. Uh, I love doing that. Take your time while focusing on your partner's pleasure. I do that. Kiss, touch, and explore each other. I do that. I do those things. Don't rush doing in favor of the big finale. I live by that. Not only will this make sex feel more intense and exciting for, all the par for both partners, but it also gives an opportunity to spend more time connecting on an emotional level. Those words are all true for me. Four, communicate about sex. 
If you want to get the most out of your sex life, you must be willing to communicate. Communicating about sex boosts relationship quality and sexual satisfaction in marriage and or just a committed relationship without marriage. Hey, there are many reasons why you and your partner should practice healthy sexual communication. For a start, it will help you both be better lovers. The more you come to know what turns your partner on, the better you will be at pleasing them. Sexual communication can also help you avoid awkward misunderstandings between the sheets and outside of the sheets. Talking about sex can also boost your egos and make sex feel more enjoyable. Studies show that women who have a positive view of themselves sexually report higher levels of romantic and passionate lovemaking and are easier to sexually arouse. True, 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 true. For me, for me, for me, for me, for me. Five, make eye contact. The eyes are the windows to the souls. Nothing makes you feel more vulnerable or connected to your partner than maintaining eye contact during intercourse. Truth, all true for me. Kissing is another great way to boost romance during sex. True for me. Studies show that kissing also boosts happiness by activating the brain's reward system. True for me. Talking to romantic sex, another way to deepen your intimate connection. True for me. Skip cuss words and dirty talk, folks, on the sweet aspect, naughty talk. Well, sometimes I skip cuss words. Other times I use cuss words. Sometimes I skip dirty talk. Other times I use dirty talk. And sometimes I use naughty talk, and sometimes I do not use naughty talk. Be verbal, moan, tell your partner you love the way their body feels. I do all the above. Say I love you. Now, some people, if I were to have a casual partner wanting me to say that to them, fine. If not, I wouldn't. Depends on the casual partner I'm dealing with here. Uh, these are guaranteed ways to bring a little romance to your sex life. That's so true for me. I'm, a, I'm the romantic type that isn't into having a serious relationship. I can have romance with a person without it being official. That makes me one of the absolute rare types. Six, turn the lights on. For many, turning the lights on during intercourse is a major no-no. I don't mind the lights being on, and I don't mind the lights being off, personally. But in order to make sex more romantic, you must be willing to be more vulnerable with your partner. Absolutely true for me. You don't have to use full light. But a lamp, night light, string lights, or pillar candles will add a romantic ambience to the room. For me, that's real. All real. Adding light to the room will also help you and your partner to be able to see each other during the act, which can increase your vulnerability and make your session feel more special. That's a personal truth of mine. Seven, the art of touch. One of the best sex tips for bringing romance to the bedroom and outside the bedroom, personally, is to focus on non-sexual touching. I love non-sexual touching. Studies show that physical affection outside of sex can do wonders for your relationship. They are so correct. Um, I feel that I love caressing. I love caressing, giving massages. I love giving massages while receiving massages. Uh, Cuddling, I love cuddling. Hugging, I love hugging. Kissing on the face, I love kissing on the face. 
holding hands, love holding hands, have been strongly linked to partner satisfaction. Holding with someone you love lowers your blood pressure and reduces stretch, which makes it easy for partners to connect during romantic sex and leave the words of the day behind. It's obvious why I'm smiling right now. Number eight, enjoy the moment. Lastly, it goes without saying that fast sex is romantic sex. If you feel yourself close to finishing, but your partner isn't there yet, stop, calm down, and start again. Enjoy the moment. That's all me. Orgasms are fun, truth, but they shouldn't necessarily be the sole purpose of your lovemaking. Truth, truth, truth. Of course, everyone wants to quote unquote cross the finish line, yes, but don't get so caught up in making fireworks that you lose sight of the amazing connection with your spouse and or non-spouse. Right. Romantic sex is after all uh, sharing a moment with the love of your life or the human being of your life. Because, you know, casual people and non-casual people are listening to this. It's about experiencing something together. Yes, savor it as best you can. Yes. When it comes to having romantic sex, remember that your emotional connection is everything. So build on it. Have a regular date night. Explore non-sexual physical touching. Communicate as though your life depends on it. By following these eight sex tips, you and your partner will be sharing the most romantic sex of your life. All true. So let me make it clear. When it comes to my sex life, I build emotional connections, I set the moods, I practice romantic foreplay, I communicate about sex, I make eye contact, I turn the lights on, I enjoy the art of touch, and I enjoy the moment. Okay. Casual relationships, types, benefits, and risk by Sylvia Smith, expert blogger, March 19,021. The term cash relationship is one that has garnered a lot of attention among millennials and even older people. But what does casual relationship truly mean? How does a casual relationship differ from a romantic relationship, a sexual relationship, a friendship? Good questions. In fact, a casual relationship can mean different things to different people, and in particular, the people having the casual relationship themselves. What is a casual relationship? The answer is not a precise one because a casual relationship can take many different forms. In general, while we, when we think of a casual relationship, we think of a relationship that differs from a traditional romantic committed monogamous relationship. A casual relationship is a relationship where you have sex with your partner, maintaining a lightly intimate relationship without needing to commit long-term to them. However, a casual relationship can include a sense of romance and it may be monogamous. What it isn't is committed in the long-term sense. Casual relationships are relationships without a desire for commitment. Why to have a casual relationship? There are several reasons that two people and more than two people might voluntarily prefer to be in a casual relationship and their casual relationships instead of a traditional, full-time, emotionally romantic committed relationship. Many couples and non-couples in casual relationships cite that keeping a relationship casual is exactly what they need at certain points in their lives. For some people, they're going to always be that way. They always have been, always will. That's me adding my thoughts in People recently re-entering the dating pool, for example, after having been in a serious committed relationship for many years, they want to start a casual relationship because they do not want to invest the emotion, time, and energy that they put into their previous serious relationship. 
Another reason for entering into a casual relationship, question. It allows the participants to fulfill their need for touch, sexual intimacy, and light emotional connection without the full-on time commitment that a classic romantic relationship requires. Types of casual relationships. Just as there are endless types of formal traditional relationships, casual relationships can take a multitude of forms. There is no one-size-fits-all description for a casual relationship. This leaves a lot of room for the two people and more than two people involved to invent their own rules, set the boundaries, and create the limits to define what their version of a casual relationship will look like. Here are some different types of casual relationships. Limited time frame casual relationship. This might be suited to two people who wish to have a not serious relationship while on vacation or over the summer or for college students for the semester. They're clear with each other. They're just casually dating, enjoying each other's physical intimacy, but there is an end date to the casual relationship. Also known as a situation, not also known as a situationship, because often these casual relationships are situationally promoted, such as finding yourself at a vacation resort and seeing that stunning person over there by the pool. The non-monogamous casual relationship. Often a casual dating relationship will be open. That is to say the participants are free to have sex with other people. The benefits to this are twofold. They each have a dependable sexual partner, one on whom they can count for sexual intimacy, and they also have the opportunity to explore their sexual needs with other people outside of their casual relationship. Sex friends, a friendship where sex is prioritized. The two people involved have sex when they feel the need with no romantic commitment to each other. Friends with benefits or WB. This type of casual relationship usually starts out with a real friendship. At some point, the two friends discover they are sexually attracted to each other, but prefer not to take the friendship to a deeper former, formal sorry, romantic relationship. Even after the sexual part of this casual relationship is over, because one or both of the partners finds a love interest whom they wish to move forward, their friendship remains intact. The difference between a friends with benefits relationship and sex friends are the levels of friendship. With FWB, the friendship comes first. With sex friends, the sexual aspect comes first. Booty call. A booty call is depicted in the media as a phone call one person makes to another, usually late at night, often under the influence. And not even under the influence in some cases, too. Asking if they want to come over, sex is implied. There are no set days when the participants see each other, no pre-established boundaries. It's very much consensual sex on demand. The O and S are one-night stand. The one-night stand is by definition casual sex as the two people involved have no friendship or social connection. It's a one-time hookup expressly done to sexually satisfy each other. There are no expectations of a repeat performance or seeing each other again. One night stand can also be referred to as a fling, as in I met, as in a person saying, I met this guy at a bar last night, went home with him and had a fling, as an example. Characteristics influencing each type of casual relationship. The limited time frame casual relationship has a specific end date. The non-monogamous casual relationship allows both partners the freedom to date and sleep with other people. Sex friends are hookups with a friend, but the level of friendship is lower than that of friends with benefits. Friends with benefits are hookups with a friend with whom one has a already established friendship. A booty call is a text or phone call made asking a sexual partner to come over right away to have sex. A one night stand is a one-off hookup with no expectation of seeing the person again. Um, casual relationship rules. There's no predetermined list of set casual relationship rules. 
it is preferable that the two people involved in the casual relationship define their own rules and boundaries. Here are some suggestions. Define what each of you expects from the casual relationship. Make sure you're both transparent about what you are seeking to gain out of the arrangement. Maintain respect. Even though your casual relationship is informal, respect for each other is paramount. This means treating each other with kindness and gen genuity. Genuinity, sorry. Will this be an open relationship where we can date other people? Keep jealousy and possessiveness in check. Remember, this is a casual relationship. If your partner is seeing other people and you have agreed to have an open relationship, that is fine. No need to address this with them. Define the frequency of contact. What works for the two of you? Once a week, twice a week? What should be the lead time when setting up your next encounter? How long do casual relationships last? There's no set calendar guiding the duration of a casual relationship. There are some FWB situations that last until one or the other partner finds romance. Some casual relationships can persist for months because they suit both partners. When general data shows that these relationships can be as short as two weeks to as long as three or more months. How to maintain a casual relationship? As with a serious relationship, communication is vital to the dynamic and health of your casual relationship. Early on in the relationship, establishing the rules, boundaries, and limits will allow you to build a framework within which the relationship can operate. Part of those rules might be the exit strategy, for example, which expectations are for the eventual ending of the casual relationship. Preferable not through ghosting or just disappearing. Having a playbook would be helpful to maintain the casual relationship. Casual relationship psychology. Because we are humans with feelings, there's a casual relationship psychology. Depending on your personality type, there will be negative or positive effects brought into your life through a casual relationship. Prior to entering into a casual relationship, be honest with yourself. Are you the type of persons who can have no strings attached sex? Dr. Robert Weiss has this to say about casual relationship psychology. If casual sexual activity doesn't violate your moral code, your sense of integrity, or the commitments you have made to yourself and slash or others, it's probably not going to be a problem for you in terms of your psychological well-being. That said, you may face related issues like STDs, STIs, unwanted pregnancy, partners who see your relationship as more than just casual, et cetera. You should understand that these related factors could adversely affect your psychological well-being, even if the sex itself does not. Benefits of a casual relationship. Are you looking for a casual relationship? Let us examine some of the benefits people experience when having a casual relationship. Time commitment. People having a casual relationship often cite, I don't have time for a full-fledged having a romantic relationship as one of the reasons they seek a casual relationship. They get the benefit of sexual connection, light intimacy, a sense that someone is there for them, at least sexually, without the time investment a serious relationship demands. Lack of accountability. For someone just out of a long romantic relationship where they needed to be accountable to their partner, they may find a not serious relationship a welcome option. No need to account for where you were or who you were with, just fun and pleasurable moments with your casual partner. Preserve your emotional bandwidth. The casual relationship with its lack of emotional demand suits people who just cannot invest emotionally in a relationship at certain life moments. Your time is your time and you spend it how you like. No need to deal with all the commitments that come along with a serious relationship. Confidence building. For people who have gone through a devastating breakup, entering into a casual relationship or several casual relationships can be a true confidence booster. Try out different types of partners. Casual relationships allow one to date a diverse group of people, allowing one to figure out 
what type of personality and lifestyle they are ultimately looking for. No emotional attachments, casual relationships are all about instant pleasure and fun. The good times of relationship without the heavy lifting. If you have just gone through a bad divorce or breakup, it'd be quite appealing to start a casual relationship with no emotional attachment. Disadvantages of casual relationships. Um, this is this one is strictly for people who have had cash relationships and they realize the hard way that cash relationships are not for them. So all these disadvantages are not for people like us who can handle cash relationships all the time. This is for people who tried it, learn it the rough way that they should have never done it in the first place. This is the truth. These are so the disadvantage of casual relationships. I'm about to read strictly for them, not people like you and myself. Okay. While many people enjoy and embrace casual relationships, we would be remiss if we did not explore the disadvantages of these types of arrangements. Let's us have a look at some of the downsides. Sexual health. If you're hooking up with a lot of different people, there'll be more of an element of risk in terms of sexually transmitted diseases and infections than with a fixed partner. So a discussion needs to be focused on sexual safety. Protection, testing, which practices, which practices might be off limits. Statistically, you're more likely to get an STD and STI from casual hookups than from partners whom you're both monogamous of faith. Don't get me wrong, you can get STDs and STIs from faithful monogamous relationships too. Uh, possibility of love. You might enter a casual relationship thinking you can handle the light nature of the arrangement only to fall in love with the other person. If this love is unrequited and your feelings go unreciprocated, you end up feeling hurt. So make sure you can completely handle a casual relationship. If you don't have the understanding certainty, don't do casual relationships, period. Consequences on the friendship. If you opt for friends with benefits casual relationship, there's a risk of ruining a great friendship. If you would be, it would be important to have a crystal clear, honestly ask yourself if by having a sexual relationship with your friend, you keep the friendship intact unaffected once the sexual part ends, if it ends, because some people it does not. Um, you might feel jealous because casual relationships allow the partners to see other people. If you know you are the jealous type, a casual relationship might not be healthy for you. Your emotional needs may be neglected. Casual relationships are based on fun, sex, and a light connection. If you look to a partner to be there to meet your emotional needs, cash relationships may not be for you. You will end up re resenting the person through no fault of their own. You will not feel supported. A cash relationship is not one you can call in the middle of the night if you should fall ill. They are not one you can call upon to help you with your moving boxes. Again, this might breed resentment should your expectations be too high and just simply inappropriate. Takeaway, at the end of the day, everyone considering a casual relationship needs to decide if this arrangement is appropriate for them. If you feel comfortable with it and nobody's getting hurt by it and you find this will enrich your life, make you feel good, a casual relationship may be a great temporary way to bring touch, connection, sexual energy, and friendship into your life. So let me get to the point, okay? Um, oh, by the way, some casual people in casual relationships vacation together. Some don't. Some meet family and friends. Some don't, and everybody has different social dynamics relating to casual relationships in terms of some people meet coworkers and some don't, and he pretty much gets the point. So 
what how do i handle cash relationships i do limited time frame cash relationships i do non-monogamous cash relationships i have sex friends i have friends with benefits yes i do have fwbs i do have booty calls now when i say booty call there is no dehumanization at all because I have a heart of humanization. I do do one night stands. Um, I do do ONSs as well. And for me, I love the time commitment. I love the confidence building. I love the lack of serious relationship accountability. And the sex I have, there's no, no home wrecking, no unplanned pregnancies, no STDs, no STIs. It's all consensual, all of equality, all respectful, all trusting, all safety. Safe sexual practices are done. I'm talking about my all these things are part of my healthy sex life. Um, no crimes, no violations, no violence, no abuse, no trauma, no victimization. It's all about good Samaritanism to get to the point. Um, no possibility of love on my part because the kind of partners that I have, we know that that's not our thing. I get to know people before I sex them, okay? And our sexual health is awesome because we do protection and testing. The sex that I have is not too many partners, but also I'm not undersexed either. I'm not oversexed, I'm not undersexed. You know, I engage in ethical non-monogamy. In my case, it'd be ethical promiscuity too, meaning that I have sex in moderation. In fact, I do everything in moderation. I space it out meaning the time and the frequency as well. Personally for myself, case in point, I am very much a person who is, I don't fuck people I dislike. I don't fuck assholes. I don't fuck toxic people. I don't fuck evildoers. And I don't fuck dumbass people either. 
Uh, no jealousy, uh, no emotional needs being neglected. Um, all the consequences on the friendship are positive. Um, I do enjoy the touch, connection, sexual energy, and friendships and the good casual issues in my life. So that's the positive takeaway. And as for the uh, support, the support is kindness. So we just leave it at that. Okay, I wanna do these three articles and I'll be done with this episode. How to Have Sex by Jenny Jacobson, licensed clinical social worker, bidded March 22nd, 2021. Okay, for most people, sex is an important part of relationships and perhaps life in general, but not everyone knows the best way to have sex. Knowing more about how to have sex and improve your sex skills and your satisfaction with your sex life. Here, learn everything to know about sex so you can be confident about how to have good sex. What is sex? Different people may give varying definitions of what is sex, but in general, when people use the word sex, they're referring to vaginal penetration and penetrative intercourse, in which a man inserts his penis in one's vagina. But also, if LGBTQ less people have sex, it could be frauding, anal sex, oral sex, it could be mutual masturbation. And it could be uh, sex toys, scissoring. It could be general, general rubbing. It could be enhancement products. All these things that happen in um, heterosexual relationships happen in LGBT plus relationships too, so I want to not exclude anybody. This may be the definition for most people. Others may view sex differently since there are multiple types of sex. What is most important to keep in mind is that sex is consensual activity that occurs between two people or more than two people because some people have group sex, like me. I also have two people sex too, and it should be enjoyable for both partners and all partners involved as well. Different types of sex. While most people probably think of vaginal penetration when they think of sex, there are other types of sex. While not all of the following may be sex according to most terms, they could do sexual pleasure and therefore fall under the definition of what is sex. Kissing, using lips to reduce pleasure for both partners. Masturbation, providing sexual pleasure to yourself, such as by stimulating your own genitals with the fingers. People can also engage in mutual masturbation in which they simultaneously stimulate each other sexually. Fingering generally describes a man inserting fingers into a woman's vagina to provide pleasure. Oral sex, using the mouth and tongue to stimulate a partner's genitals, such as by licking or sucking on the penis or inserting the tongue into the vagina. Anal sex, inserting the penis or sex toys into the partner's anus. Penetrative sex, an umbrella term used to describe the act of inserting the penis or a sex toy to the partner's vagina or anus. This term can refer to vaginal intercourse, but includes more forms of sex inserting the penis into the vagina. 
What is the best position for sex? The best position to have amazing sex will depend on your preferences. Everyone probably has a different opinion on the best op- on the best position. It can be helpful to try out different sex positions and see what works best for you and your partner. For women, having sex with a man entering from behind may be an ideal position for, for stimulating the G-spot and helping reach orgasm. A twist on the classic missionary position can also be a recipe for making sex better. We do have sitting positions, standing positions, LGBTQI plus, and heterosexual as well. While face-to-face with your partner with the female on the bottom, the female should lift her legs overhead, perhaps resting on the man's shoulders. This allows for deeper penetration. Men may enjoy a variety of sexual positions, such as woman on top or spooning sex. Hey, that happens to LGBTQ plus relationships too. They also tend to enjoy doggy style, in which a woman is on her knees and the man enters from behind. You know, some LGBTQ plus people do that too. You can explore the variety of different positions to decide your favorites. How to have great sex. If you're looking for advice on how to have sex, there's some general sex tips that can make sex better for you. If you have some anxiety or confidence issues around sex, it can be helpful to relax before having sex. Go out to a nice dinner or do something you enjoy, such as taking a walk. It is also important to maintain physical affection with your partner. Regular affection can make sex with your partner come more naturally. When you're ready to have sex, allow time for foreplay, such as kissing and touching, to prepare you and get you in the mood. Skipping foreplay and going straight to sex is a mistake that people commonly make. But foreplay is helpful for not just most men and women, just the entire LGBTQ plus community. The problems like vaginal dryness are dampening your sex life and may consider using lubrication for making sex better. Another one of the key tips for great sex is to try to keep things interesting. Try out multiple different positions. And if you find that you and your partner is getting bored, discuss your sexual fantasies together. What is something you've always wanted to try? Let your partner know you can explore new types of sex together. Okay. Sex drive, what it is and where does it come from? Another one of the things to know before having sex is that everyone has a different sex drive. Sex drive can be described as how motivated you are to engage in sex. Some people may have a high sex drive and desire sex often, whereas others will have a lower sex drive and therefore less interest in sex. Sex drive can also change over time. We may all go through periods where our sex drive seems weaker due to stress or illness. Sex drive is partly physical, but it also has a psychological and social basis. For instance, mood can affect sex drive. Societal standards, such as the expectation that men should have strong sexual skills, can influence how often people are motivated to have sex. Certain factors can lower sex drive. For example, birth control pills can influence a woman's sex drive. Research has shown that among women, low sex drive can also be a result of vaginal dryness, depression, alcohol consumption, pain during sex, and using psychiatric medications. This demonstrates that sex drive comes from both physical and psychological factors. If you experience low sex drive and wish to improve it, you might benefit from talking with a you might benefit from talking with a doctor to determine lifestyle changes you can make to elevate your sexual desire. Ways to have safe sex. If you want to be informed on everything to know about sex, you must also know how to have safe sex. Use the following sex health tips to practice safe sex. One. Be sexually exclusive. That means that you and your partner should only have sex with each other. Um, When you have multiple sexual partners, you increase your risk of of contracting or spreading sexual transmitted infection. This is what I'll say. You can have multiple sexual partners, just engage in self 
disengage in safe sexual practices. Having multiple sexual partners is okay. Again, engage in safe sexual practices. Two, get tested for STIs regularly. When you know that you have an STI, you can take steps to treat it as well as prevent the spread of the STI to a sexual partner. Three, use condoms. Using a barrier like condom reduces the spread of STIs and the risk of unplanned pregnancies. Using a barrier is especially important if you have multiple partners or are unsure of your partner's STI status. Do's and don'ts during sex. Beyond practicing safe sex, there are some basic do's and don'ts that can teach you how to have sex if you're a man having sex with a woman or if you're a member of the LGBTQ plus community, the following do's can be helpful. Be verbal during sex, touch them all over their body, undress them, look them in the eyes. For women having, for women having sex with men, and, hey, let's not exclude the LGBTQ plus community. The following sex tips are helpful for making sex better. Be confident about your appearance. Don't be afraid to take charge and state exactly what you want. Share your fantasies with each other. Visually arouse each other with sexy outfits. In addition to these do's, there are some don'ts to keep in mind if you want to improve your sex skills. For example, you should avoid acting bored or sleepy during sex. Your partner will want to feel that you're interested in having sex with them. Also, avoid faking an orgasm or talking about things going on outside of that exact moment. Sex mistakes... It says sex mistakes men make how to avoid them. Aside from some basic do's and don'ts, there are some sex mistakes men may make. Knowing these mistakes and how to avoid them can help you to have a better idea of how to have sex that is satisfying for your partner. One mistake men may make is thinking they need to be rough with clitoral stimulation. They may think they need to create serious friction to give their partners this pleasure. In reality, it's important to be gentle when stimulating the clitoris. Men may also be so enthusiastic about having sex that they skip the foreplay. One kiss is generally not enough to get a woman excited. Be prepared to spend a few minutes kissing her deeply, rubbing her hands all over her body or stimulating her with your fingers prepared for sex. Hey, this also, everything I'm saying goes for the LGBT plus community. Sex myths and facts. Another consideration when learning how to have sex is knowing about myths and facts that surround sex. You have probably heard some of the following myths. Myth number one, you cannot contract an STI from oral sex. Fact, while oral sex may be less likely to spread an STI, it's still possible to contract an STI through fluids exchanged during oral sex. That can happen with any sexual thing you do. You know, there's not a 100% risk-free factor in those things is that's part of life myth number two pulling out constitutes safe sex fact both men and women release fluids prior to ejaculation this could lead to the spread of an sti and a man can release fluids prior to ejaculation that can cause pregnancy myth number three a woman cannot get pregnant during her period fact women are able to become pregnant anytime during the menstrual cycle pregnancy is less likely but still possible when a woman has sex during her period Myth number four, men are always in the mood for sex. Fact, there's a cultural stereotype that men are always ready and willing to have sex, whereas women are less interested. While men may very well enjoy sex, this does not mean they're always in the mood. Men may not always want sex and they have a right to say no. You have some women. Women may very well enjoy sex too. Women are not always in the mood. Women may not always want sex and women have a right to say no. And everything I'm saying applies to the LGBT code plus community as well. 
Myth number five, penis size is very important for sexual satisfaction. In fact, in general, men's penis sizes are very different when not erect, but when erect, they are all rather similar in size. A man's penis size has little effect on a pleasurable he or his partner will find sex to be. Lastly, myth number six, women cannot reach orgasm. In fact, women are capable of orgasming during sex, but vaginal penetration may not be the only option for achieving orgasm. One study found that 95% of heterosexual men reported they usually orgasm during sex, whereas 65% of heterosexual women reported achieving orgasm. Women may be less likely than men are to orgasm, but this doesn't mean they never orgasm. According to the research, oral sex, deep kissing, and manual genital, genital stimulation can make women more likely to orgasm. And this one, importance of orgasm. Achieving orgasm can be an important part of how to have sex correctly, and it has many benefits. For example, orgasm can relieve stress, improve your relationship, and even boost the immune system. Research shows that people who experience orgasm during sex report more trust, closeness, and commitment in their relationships. Orgasm also releases chemicals that create a natural high. It feels good and can block pain. Orgasm seems to fit. Orgasm seems to have benefits for health and relationships, but sex itself is beneficial as well. It can improve physical fitness, reduce stress, enhance self-esteem, lead to better sleep, and just generally improve health. Conclusion. Hopefully with this sex for beginners tips here, you can learn how to have sex and become more sexual. If you're still wondering what do I do during sex, remember to relax and take some of the pleasure off of yourself. Enjoy your partner and consider setting the stage by kissing and touching to get you in the mood before you move on to vaginal penetration or the types of sex such as oral sex. Over time, if you want to try ways of making sex better, consider new positions or share your fantasies with your partner. For example, it is, you have some married couples, you have some people in committed relationships without marriage who use condoms and birth control when it comes to their sexual experiences with each other. So... Condoms aren't just for people with multiple partners. Condoms are for people who have one partner too. Birth control is not just for casual people. Birth control is for committed people too. And I'm gonna make this simple and plain. Um, in my sex life, there's kissing, there's masturbation, there's fingering, there's Anal sex is penetrative sex and is oral sex. Myself, my partners. And to make it simple and plain, I do all kinds of sex positions. The only sex sex I don't do are genital crushing, uh, fire burning, and human waste. Other than that, I do everything under the sexual sun to make it plain. Um, I love G-spots and reaching orgasms. Everything this article says about how to have great sex, I always do. Um, my partners and I have similar sex drives. There's condoms, there's STIs tested. My partners and I are not sexually exclusive, by the way. We, we do all the do's of sex. We don't do all the dumps during sex, we don't, and we do all the do's during sex too. No sex mistakes, no sex myths. I'm talking about both when it comes to my sex life. 
and the conclusions fit us and the importance of orgasm fits us. I see, I just, I'm just going through this. I'm just going through this. Because you have to. Um, okay. So, Six Ground Rules for Casual Sex by Rachel Pace, expert blogger, March 19, 2020. Um, if you're thinking of bringing casual sex into your life, there are some important ground rules you should know before you do. Many find hookups with no strings attached to be a satisfying and delightful encounter. Just two people, more than two people, sharing their bodies for a night or multiple nights or a day or multiple days of mutual pleasure. But can casual sex ever really be casual? I would say for some people, yes. Uh, definitely, yes. Uh, I, um, I will say more in part two. of this episode, okay?